Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Internet Hour. It's episode 113. I'm having a major existentially type of crisis about what this podcast is and what it means. And do I enjoy doing old polls? I don't think so. But also like every podcast book I've read says you have to really have like a strong format, strong storytelling and like something to grip people. And I guess the other option is if you're a really compelling person or host and people just like care about your life and I'm just like, I'm not there yet really, but also maybe I am and maybe if I just keep going, it's like people will care about the random shit that I have to say because I've become such a like beloved little personality on podcasting. I don't know. It's very meta to talk to you guys about what I want from this podcast over and over again and like having to decide what it's going to be. And also it's hard because this was going to be just like an insane, huge mega recap of the Vanderpump Rules finale that happened last night. But I am just like realizing that there are so many people in the world and people that I respect and that I want to listen to this podcast that simply do not watch Bravo. And I respect them because I was once them and like, it's just crazy. I don't I like don't know what I did before Bravo, but I'm giving three or four hours a week to like keeping up with these shows and these women and these people. And I don't feel like it's a waste of my time, but it's like it is definitely a waste of your time if you don't watch. And I'm that's all I'm talking about. But then for those who do watch, it's like that's all they want to talk about and all they want to like listen to. So it's like the clicks or potential engagement or whatever that I'm gonna get by posting hashtag pump rules on this episode potentially is like great for exposure. But then it's like, I have all these Bravo people here now expecting Bravo, but I don't know, maybe I'll just make this like a mishmash podcast of nothingness and who cares because it's like not that many people are listening anyway. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, in perpetuity, perpetuity. Why am I saying that so often lately? Like, okay, vocab queen. Um, no, I need to learn more vocabulary. There, I heard like an app, an ad for an app where you can like expand your vocabulary. I think it was on the Survivor podcast. They have an app, which is useful and I definitely need it because I'm for sure getting dumber and I don't know why or how. I mean, I do know why or how. I'm like not reading a lot and I'm not, I don't know. But usually like I used to be able to get by on that. I don't know. I don't know. I need to like re-up and get a dictionary or something. I'm also still sick. Like, what the fuck is that about? I, I'm, it's not COVID. I know we covered that. It's potentially some allergies, but it's also just a major congestion and like throatness. And it's just like a horrible, probably sound for you to hear in your ears. So if that's the case for you, I'm just like, sorry, man. I don't know what's going on. I've gone out for like a couple happy hours with work people and like also like Aquatil and I have done a couple dinners, which like we really need to fucking curtail because these prices, this economy, like a drink these days, $15 easy, like at least, at least. And then you have two. And honestly, I want three. I want three drinks if I'm going to dinner and like sitting there and chatting it up and like having a good old time. I want three drinks to get me real nice and loose by the end of the night. Like not loose in a sexual way. I'm sorry. I mean, although sometimes no. Um, But like that's fucking $45 just for dinner drinks. And then 
food is like at least $20. So it's now $65 tax and tip and like with everything I'm easily doing like $80 fucking dinners often. I mean, not often. I mean, yeah, fucking often. Not like daily, not maybe. I mean, probably weekly. No, that's so bad. I don't know. Why am I admitting that? But it's like we wanted to go to brunch on Sunday and we did and it was fabulous. We went to one of the best restaurants in Bushwick, in my opinion, Sally Roots. It's a Caribbean restaurant and it's so bomb. They have delicious brunch and like I'm, we're dropping – We neither of us got a drink, but we still dropped $65 without tip. Like are you fucking kidding me? They did charge us for two coffees and we only got one, but um, Aquatail whipped out his card real fast and like the waitress was taking a little bit long to like come over and get back to us and we kind of just like wanted to wrap it up. So as soon as she brought the check over, he like slapped his card down and she was on her merry way. Like we were paying for whatever was on that fucking check, whether it was right or not. And then of course when it came back, we saw that they had charged us for two coffees. And it's like honestly these days – not that I'm feeling reckless with money money, or that I like have a lot of money, but I'm just like the hassle that it will take to address this with this woman is just like I will pay $5 not to have that interaction. It's crazy. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one. I, I just – yeah, I'm like this spending and money and economy thing is just out of control and I don't know when it's going to be over. Is that how the – inflation works. Does it end at some point? Does it go back down? Like, I feel like, yeah. I don't know. I also have like a ton of stocks that I'm just like, it's so crazy, the stock game. It's it's really, they say like, it's about the long run. Like, just like put money in and don't look at it for like 20 years and then you'll have like whatever. But it's so hard. It's like in November of 2021, I was up so much money because of Bitcoin. And literally my brain was like, it's not enough. Like just stay in it forever. Like, and now I am, and now I'm back down to like just measly amounts of money, like a little bit over what I've put in. And that's just like depressing as fuck, but it's so like, you don't know when to take it out. That's the point of stocks. It's all just a game. It's such a huge game. I'm, I hate it. And I don't even know Like there has to be like nefarious ass shit going on on the stock trading floor and like in stock world, I feel. Like I think that's what Enron was, methinks. No, that was like loans and stuff. I don't know. But like banks collapsing left and right, like there – it's not just like this one thing happened, this big scandal in the early 2000s. Like that can't be it. It has to be ongoing. Like there are so many – shisty things happening in the stock market and like so many people probably getting fucked over as we speak and we won't find out for another 20 years until someone reports on it. Like I don't know. It makes no sense to me. Okay. I think – yeah, I think this is just going to be rambly vibes because that's how I'm feeling today. I'm feeling a little crazy. I have um, a coffee in front of me. I'm using my mic. I got a little – what's it called? adapter for HDMI to go into regular laptop, USB-C. What the fuck? It's like an alien language. Um, So I'm using my fat 
podcasting mic and it's pretty fresh and the audio quality is bomb. So you're welcome. Okay. What else has happened recently? Honestly, oh, I recorded a podcast maybe two days ago. And when I say I was in a funk, I can't even listen to it back because I know I'm going to be scared by how sad I sound. And since I'm not going to publish it, just because like I don't think anyone needs to hear me just saying like, I'm just going through it. Do you ever have those like few days where you're just like in a funk and not feeling great? Because yes, everyone does have those. And I don't know, but I was like in a zone. I was in a zone of like downtrodden black cloud vibes. I was very feeling very strange and I'm coming out of it now, but I was kind of in a place where just like I couldn't see the moment that I was in. I couldn't see like life for what it was. I was like constantly thinking about the past. I was constantly thinking about the future and both of which like are uncontrollable. Like you can really only control how you feel in, or not even how you feel, like you can't control how you feel, but like you can really only control the circumstances of the moment. And I was just so like worrying about the future, contemplating about the past and what things have meant. And it just like was not a vibe. I, I don't know. I think astrologically something was like bursting through the atmosphere and it was just like making me feel this crazy thing, but it's definitely subsided. And I'm definitely like, I don't know, but then it's like, am I burying those feelings? No, no, I don't think so. I think it's fine. Um, I saw a therapist, not, I only say a therapist because she's not my therapist anymore. I did an intake session with her, not an intake session, but like an intake call. It was like five minutes, maybe like three weeks ago. And honestly, the vibes were off. The vibes were not feeling right, but I was so kind of desperate for a therapist and it was the only one that was actually like working out in person with my insurance, et cetera. So I just went with it. I was like, okay, maybe my gut is misleading me here. Like pro tip, your gut is never, ever misleading you. If anything, you just don't want to listen to it. And I respect that too. Like if you need time to come around to what your gut and your intuition is saying, like don't beat yourself up for it. Don't be like, I know exactly what I'm needing. Like I need to act on it and I need to be like this big person and and like grab life by the balls. It's like, yeah, you should and you can, but like you can also work yourself up to that. Like you don't have to put so much pressure on making changes based on – I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. But anyway, this is a case where I should have listened to my gut and I shouldn't have done the first session with her because it was just kind of awkward. Like a lot of moments I felt like she didn't really know what to say and it's almost like that's – therapy is the one place where like that is – that can be detrimental to your vulnerability and like your comfortability is like opening up a lot to someone and them like not having a response for it. It's almost like, okay, then the things I'm saying are like not normal and alarming and confusing to you. And it's like therapy should be the one place where the person is like validating you almost and like understanding you for sure at the bare minimum. So I just, I don't know, but it was, 
it was an interesting session. She incorporates art into her therapy. So we did some watercoloring, which I thought was really cool and honestly was the part where I felt like most comfortable and opened up to her. Like I'm the, I've, I don't know. Lately in life, I've had a weird relationship with eye contact. I've always been a really strong eye contact person. Like I've been able to hold eye contact and and feel like – and not feel like that's hindering me from speaking openly and like honestly or directly to someone. And I took this class in college about um, – digital, not digital media, but like digital connection and whatever in the 21st century in the Middle East. And I had an amazing teacher, an Egyptian woman who was like the sweetest ever. And it was one of those classes where if people weren't paying attention, it like made me so mad. And it's like, that's so unrealistic and fucked up because there are so many classes that I like was so not paying attention in. And I'm sure like if someone loved calculus, they were like, fuck you, get it together. Like look at the board. But anyway, this class, I was just like, this is my girl. I love her so much. She's teaching me so much. And one of the things I remember her saying, it was like a very small thing, but she said, in my culture, like we make really, really strong eye contact and it's a sign of respect. And so of course me, little goody two shoes, like teacher's pet vibe, because I was really into the class. And it was only like 10 other people in the class. And you would expect like a small class like that, you for people to be interested in it, but like people were not, they, yeah. So like, it was just like me and this other girl, I think kind of who were like into it. And it was like, we were the people keeping her eye contact and keeping her engaged and feeling like people cared. I wonder how she's doing. I want to see if I can look her up. Um, But I, that always stuck with me that like eye contact is a sign of respect and, But it also always stuck with me that she said that a lot of Americans, like, aren't very good at making eye contact. And it's a – it comes – I don't know. Maybe she didn't say that it comes from, like, a nervous place. But, like, I've always now thought about it. And I've thought more intensely about eye contact since that class. And that was, like, I want to say – was that junior year? I don't know. But – That's like six years ago now. So I've had this thought in the back of my mind about eye contact as a sign of respect and like friendship and admiration, but also this like thing that isn't a natural part of conversation. Like it always had been this like natural, like I wasn't even really questioning it ever. And then all of a sudden when I thought about it, now I'm like, I don't know. It's like some people I'm able to hold really intense and long eye contact with while I'm talking to them and some people I'm just not. And I wonder if that's a comfort level thing or if I'm overthinking it. I don't know. There have been like a few people in life over time that where I've noticed their inability to hold eye contact and like that makes me – I don't know. I don't know what that makes me feel but – I'm definitely more aware of it now than ever, and I wish I weren't. I wish I was, like, in my little ignorant – not ignorant, um, just, like, when I was a teenager. I was just like, yeah, I'll look into your fucking soul. Let's go. Like, I don't know. And now I'm just kind of like, I don't know. Um, But, yeah, it's just something to work on. But anyway, oh, why did I bring this up? Oh, because therapy, the therapist, like, I was feeling – 
most open to talking to her when I was doing the watercolor activity because we didn't have to make eye contact because she wasn't making very good eye contact. Like, and not good. It's hard to qualify eye contact, but like she was not, she was looking away when I was when she was talking and then when I was talking, she would be looking at me. But then I was talking and I was kind of like nerve. I don't – was I nervous? I don't know. There was like a nice view. and But I've also always known that like when you're lying, apparently you like look up and to the left or like just like away. You don't like keep eye contact. So I'm always really scared that people are thinking that I'm lying when I'm not. That's a, that's like I need to unpack that. Like I really cannot deal when people think I'm lying and I'm not. It's like, oh, it's so infuriating. But during the watercolor part, I was really, we were really vibing. I mean, no, no, no. That's such an overstatement. We weren't vibing. I was vibing. I was doing my watercolors and I was like really talking getting really vulnerable, which I don't have a problem doing. I'm sure if you know me, you're not surprised at all. I'm an overshare as fuck. Why do you think I have a podcast where I literally talk to no one? Because, oh my God, no, I was about to shit on myself. But no, no, people love me and love that about me. Um, But I didn't have a problem opening up and doing art while I was talking was really comforting and nice because I find art soothing and relaxing. And I also find that my relationship to art is a lot like my relationship to life. I mean, that's like such a big statement, relationship to life. But like I often in life, like I don't shy away from things that I know I'm not going to be good at. I just like don't – I'm like I don't really care about spending that much time on that because there are so many other things that I am really good at that I like doing because I'm good at them and – that's definitely a problem. It's not really a fear thing. And it's, I don't know. It's just that I like being good at what I'm doing and it really is frustrating when I'm not. And that ties back to the art thing because we were using watercolors, which is something that I don't, it's like the thing that I'm, the the medium of art that I'm least confident and excited by almost. And that's just because the, the like, freedom and almost like fluidity that comes with um, watercolor painting is not something that's conducive to my art style. Like I work with a lot of pens and markers and Sharpies and I have this kind of like hard line aesthetic and I'm, I'm good at it. Like I can make it look good. And so working with watercolors, I often try to fit that strategy into watercolors and they're just so so not for that purpose. They're so, um, I want to say fluid again. I hate using the same word multiple times. Like it really feels like, oh, you're too dumb to think of another word, but I don't know. (laughs) I'm just bearing my soul. Here you go. Um, But yeah, so the art part of the therapy session was really nice, but I definitely felt it was crazy. Like I was saying crap instead of like shit or fuck, like, which are two of my favorite fucking words on the planet. And I'm all of a sudden in the most, in what's supposed to be the most like vulnerable and like intimate and comfortable setting. I'm all of a sudden like not using the words that are really a part of my everyday vernacular and like honestly a part of who I am. 
like not not correct, not how it should be going. So I had my session on Friday and then on Monday I sent her an email thanking her and I just said, I think I'm going to go in a different direction with therapy. And honestly, I was proud of myself because there are a lot of times in life when I stick with something because I can put it out of my mind until it's back kind of. Like I had this freelance gig that I was doing for a while and it got to a really almost stressful point. I felt discombobulated. I felt like the people that I was working with were kind of like adding this layer of chaos and like uncertainty to my life that I was – that was like really – unsettling and I did it for a while and I I would kind of just be like okay like well I can put it I can put off those nervous and weird feelings until I have to get on a call with them and tell them like what's been going on and whatever and then it got to a point where I was like I can quit this like I can stop whenever I want this is not this is like the loosest definition of a job and I need to prioritize my own like sanity here so I'm just going to stop this. And I did, gave my two weeks and it was over and it's over now. And I feel relieved from it. And I, I'm, yeah, I think I'm getting maybe better at putting my foot down and like not doing things that don't really service me, um, which I'm excited about. And I'm excited for life. No, I don't know. That's so corny. But I did just feel that emotion of like, I am excited about the life that I'm getting to live and that I will get to live. And I just know there are so many more exciting and creative things to come. And I do feel on the flip side in my current job and my apartment, like there are just some things that feel a little bit stagnant and like that I'm wishing would change and it's like they can change and they will change and like that's an exciting part of life that's coming and just because it's not here yet doesn't mean like it's going to be this way forever. So yeah, I'm just putting good things into the universe, I think, kind of. Um, Okay, my sunburn is peeling quite a bit. So that's been a stressful journey. Not stressful, but just like kind of gross. It's like every time I take like a shirt off at the end of the day, it's filled with dead skin, which is really disgusting. And it's my fault because I didn't moisturize enough, even though my group of friends agreed that we would all moisturize 1 million times a day, which I'm sure they are all doing. Um, But I sometimes drop the ball on things like that, even though like, no, I don't. I, I moisturize all the time, like after my showers and shit. But I just didn't do it over overly this time. And that was a mistake for sure. My sister's due date for her baby was on Monday and the baby is still not here. It's Thursday. So I'm like, hey man, you got to get out of there. Like eviction notice vibes. I'm sure it's like not painful, but I'm sure it's like exhausting to be nine plus months pregnant. Like I can't imagine, but I'm really, really excited for this baby to come. I feel like I'm going to have like kind of a shift in consciousness of like, I am now, I now have this like additional family member who is my blood, who like I want to have the best life and live happily and like I can be potentially an integral part of that and like 
that's just it's exciting and i can't wait all the aunts in my life have said it's a really incredible like position to be in and journey to be on so i'm excited and i'm just hoping that i get a text someday soon that says baby is here and like is it going to be a taurus or a gemini i don't know i i don't know what i'm hoping for i think um I don't know, a Gemini man or a Taurus man, like both complicated people. And yeah, I don't know. But just keep that in your mind that that could be coming in. Okay. I think I'm going to talk about Vanderpump Rules now. So if you're not into that, I hope you enjoyed the first 25 minutes of this new format of my podcast called Literally talking off the dome about nothing based on a few notes that I have written down. But anyway, if you're not sticking around, goodbye. I love you so much. And if you are sticking around, I can't even wrap my head around what the fuck happened last night. So stay tuned. Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Bravo segment of this episode of Internet Hour because I am shaking in my boots like shaking in my boots in the in the way that like what even the fuck is this going to sound like because it's definitely not going to be a comprehensive recap it's definitely not going to be insightful or analytical it's absolutely going to be a jumbled mess of my thoughts on the Vanderpump Rules finale last night and Ariana Maddox on Watch What Happens Live following the finale airing My overarching thought is, as always, I am so glad that Ariana got out of this relationship and I'm so glad that she's moved on to bigger and better things. I can't even imagine what her bank account looks like right now. Like the Uber One commercial that aired during the finale last night must have paid, I'm I'm thinking six figures, like for all of them, maybe more for Ariana than Lala and Sheena, but still, I'm I'm thinking all three of them over six figures for that commercial. Like, and Ariana's Bloomingdale's deals, her vibrator deals. Like, I just I don't know. I'm so glad that this situation that was absolutely devastating to her probably has materialized into literal wealth that she can use to support herself for the rest of her life, probably, honestly. Second main, main overarching thought about last night is there is absolutely something that Raquel needs to desperately unpack in therapy about her need and need to please men slash mold into whatever they want from her. And I don't even know. I don't even know. See, there we go. I had like a revelatory thought and then it just like fell right out of my brain because I was thinking about so many other things. But I really think she needs help and to get to the root of why – I mean, it's definitely pageants, but like why she can't have or develop a personality for herself that's like an identity outside of impressing and – not even impressing, just like being whatever the man that she want that she's with wants her to be, kind of. And like 
I think in the grand scheme of things, like she is horrible. It's horrible. But at the end of the day, I think she is one of the most easily manipulated people that I've ever seen on TV. And someone like Tom Sandoval is just like foaming at the mouth to take advantage of her and to and to like use her naivete, her frankly stupidity in his game of stroking his own ego. Like I think Ariana said it best when she said like you just like you didn't have a deep connection with this girl. It was just someone who was willing to like fucking suck your dick, like not actually, but also actually, but just like in life, like someone to build, boost you up and like make you feel like you're the most incredible person on earth. And it's like, that should definitely come in a relationship. You should be encouraging of each other, but it shouldn't be blind, like blind, like Tom wanted, like he doesn't want a real partner, someone like Ariana who reflects the bad things about him back to him and lets him know actually in real life how maybe he's being perceived when he yells at women. And like he didn't want – the connection he had with Raquel was not deep at all. It was frankly the most shallow kind of connection you can have when someone blindly supports you and doesn't correct your actions at all and also like will – willingly participate in a secret thing with you because it makes you feel alive again. Like it's just all a fucking gross mess. And I can't believe, I can't believe that like, it's so crazy. Cause it's like, of course, Ariana would want this filmed, right? Like she's like, this is my time to like get this dude and show everyone how much of a scumbag he is. But like for Tom Sandoval and Raquel both to be so open and honestly it seems probably excited about filming this was so strange and just further proved the point that like I don't think he gives a fuck about Ariana. I don't really think he's sorry for what he did. Ultimately, I think he's happy that he got more screen time. Ultimately, like Ariana said on Watch What Happens Live, I think he's happy that he's this famous, even if it's in a negative light. Like, I don't think he cares. I think he knows, quote, everything is going to be okay in the end. And, like, he doesn't need to worry about everyone hating him right now. This is how it goes in reality TV. Everyone hated Jax. Everyone hated James. Like, whatever, whatever. I don't know. Like, do I think he's sorry for what he did? I think he's sorry because – I think he's sorry because the because he like is in this negative light. Yeah, I think he's enjoying it and I think I mean enjoying it. I don't know, but I think he's like not so sad about it honestly, but I think he's uh I don't know. I think he's mad that like people think he's this evil guy instead of just a guy who had an affair and I think the reason that it's blown this far open and wide is because We've had 10 years of people kind of feeling like, okay, he's exhibiting some narcissistic behavior. He's kind of like defending people who don't need to be defended, James and Raquel originally. And he's kind of a dick to Katie for what? Like, and he's a part of this creepy cult of formerly Jax, Tom Schwartz, and him where they would just always cover for each other. And I just think that he got into like this – not he got into, but like 
he became this kind of figure where we all kind of were like annoyed by him sometimes or just thought he was like, like, I don't know. We just didn't, it was never, you never thought it was like sinister. And it was almost like, I remember in season whatever, when Jackson Brittany got married, that he, I was like so upset by him and so disgusted by him with his actions leading up to the wedding. He was just like, for some reason, I remember being such a dick. Not the part where he like asked them about their homophobic pastor. I think that was honestly like fine. Like I don't think it's – I don't think it was for the reason he said it was, to give them an, a chance to answer for it on camera. I genuinely do think obviously it was to make them look bad and like to get more drama or whatever. But there was other stuff that season that I felt like was worse and like he was just being kind of a monster. But then at the wedding when he's there and he's like has all these things for Jax and he's like prepared with an umbrella and tampons and like he does have this – he had this almost like redeemable or or like he had this side of his personality that kind of was caring and was generous and like you did kind of like that he was so extra and he was down to dress up in a costume and like – be weird and throw a party for Ariana and like whatever. Like you kind of – there were parts of him where you were like, okay, like he's not a bad guy. He maybe just is like annoying and a little unself-aware and like really overly confident, can be cocky at times and for what? Like I just – I don't know. We all kind of let this – let him be this 50-50 person and this action of his kind of like – allowed us to say, oh, those feelings that I had about him and those like negative thoughts that I thought maybe was just like me, there's two sides to every like Bravo liberty. People like them, people hate them. Maybe I'm just on the hater side and like that's okay. But no, like this presented us actual evidence of like this guy has a sinister, secretive, really like dark side where – and also he's a fucking pussy. Like he didn't – you could – you can break up with someone, especially if you're having an affair. Like I would argue it's hard to break up with someone when it's like you've just fallen out of love. You're not sure. Like I think in those cases, it's like you can – I can see people, yeah, you stay in a relationship for another year longer than you should have because you're just like, well, I don't know. Maybe it's not – or like – whatever. And you just have to like get up the courage to sit them down and tell them like, I'm not in love with you anymore, whatever. That's difficult and that's hard. And that I can understand. Like I just couldn't do it. But this, it's like you literally have a reason. You have someone to fall back into to take care of you through the breakup. Like what the fuck? It it was so crazy. And there were two lines that he said in the episode that just had me shook. One of those pertaining to this was that him saying like he would go and try to break up with Ariana or no, like he would he would go to tell her or want to tell her. And he said, but I could just tell something. Something was telling me and like she just – I could tell she just didn't want to know. And that's why he didn't tell her. Literally, are you fucking insane? Obviously. Obviously. Like some of the shit that comes out of his mouth this episode, I'm just like, this is ridiculous. The other instance was when he he was talking to Schwartz and saying she didn't care. She didn't seem to care that I was cheating. Oh, she trusted you? Like whatever. And he goes, 
uh, I would say I'm going to Schwartz and then I would go to Raquel's. And if she really wanted to know, she could have followed me and seen that I wasn't going to Schwartz's. Like, you have to be joking. You have to be joking that you thought those thoughts and that they came out of your mouth. Even Schwartz, who is like, he can get low in terms of like, what you what is acceptable in the world what is it an acceptable way to conduct yourself like he can understand things like that that a lot of other people can't understand and even he was like dude you can't put that on her like how are you you're going to say it's her fault for not catching you cheating like men are you kidding are you kidding are you well no you're not the other part that really just, I think, rocked the world the most, which we knew it would, was watching Tom Sandoval and Raquel together in her apartment. First of all, if you're having an affair with a man and he comes into your apartment and he asks for a shot of whiskey and a Coors Light to chase it down, just know that that man is unwell and needs to be alone for a while, if not get super intensive therapy and treatment for a severe midlife crisis that he's having. And if it doesn't tell you that, it should at least tell you that this man needs a drink, needs this freaky fucking drink to cope with what's going on, which should signify this is a really bad situation, or he needs it to be around you or he that's what you do together is you drink and drink and drink and like that's exciting to him like that should it should just it should have all been a red flag obviously cheating on your girlfriend should be the number one red flag and it's weird as fuck that Raquel even identifies that later on the couch she's like well how do I know like you're a good person if you're cheating on Ariana and it's like yeah hello he's not but him also oh my god the two moments that I just like I can't him calling her Ariana by accident is just like, oh my God, it's so funny. It's so sad that it's funny and that's really depressing. The second thing is him saying that his parents love her. He says, they love you. And she thinks he says, I love you. And so she says, I love you too. And he said, oh, I said they, but I do love you. And like just cringe, vomit, yikes. And like the way that she is smiling the whole time is vile. Like, smiling in the room and like giggling and laughing about it, which I have to believe is a nervous tick or something. Like I can't believe that she really conducts herself in that way. But even worse, even more shocking is the confessional of her smiling, saying she hasn't had sex with someone she loves, explaining the situation in any way that is not remorseful was just like disgusting and so scary to watch. Like you are smiling and giggling through this, I guess thinking that you're the love of each other's lives and it's just this like funny little thing that happened to you along the course of your love story. But like it's not. You're not going to be together forever. I don't think like – this is the long game. I think you literally were there at the right time and had the right circumstance of like you could be hiding in plain sight together because you were already friends. Like that's why he fell in love with you, not because he fell in love with you and certainly not because – oh my god, I can't even – I can't even. 
the confessional, freaky as fuck, and so scary that she's wearing like I I I don't even I can't even do it. But on that note, them talking on the couch when they're together, like talking about whatever, and she says woulda, coulda, shoulda, or some variation of that. And he corrects her and says like shoulda, coulda, woulda, whatever, and like laughs. That to me was emblematic of their entire relationship and why he had this affair with her. Because he can control her. Because when he corrects her for something so minute that you truly do not need to correct someone on, let alone in front of cameras, in front of the world, to embarrass them basically. It's low-level embarrassment when you break it down subconsciously or consciously, like you are intending to correct someone and make them feel like they were wrong. And Ariana, I don't think stood for that. I think she would have argued like, I can say whatever fucking variation of those three that I want. It's not online. It's not in the dictionary as your like progression of those words. So therefore I can do whatever I want. And like, I think that shit in infuriated him and with Raquel when he corrects her she just laughs and goes oh my god like you're right like whatever sorry I'm so stupid I mean she doesn't say that but like the way that she laughs is like oh oh my god like that's so silly silly old me like always saying stupid shit and it's like girl this is so bad like this is so bad this is why he likes you because you let him correct you and you let him make you into the person that he wants you to be for him. And it's just so sad and scary. And like, I, I don't know how he convinced himself that they have this deeper connection. I'm sure it was that he was saying whatever he thought. And to him, he probably has these deep, profound thoughts or whatever. And then she would just agree with him and then he would sit at home at night and be like, oh, wow, like I didn't know we were so aligned on all these things and like I didn't know other people felt this way when in reality she's sitting at home like, whew, thank God, like I I passed today's test. I was able to just agree with everything and not have a single thought of my own. Like it's just so backwards and Ariana said it best when she was like, how do you think this is a good person to be with? Like I mean, obviously, it's like you're not a good person to be with Sandoval. So, like, how could you see it in another person? But it's like someone who's willing to lie and cheat and smile in someone's face. Like, how on earth could you think that that is a good person to be with? I don't know. Ugh, so gross. And oh my God, like, the other part that got me that, like, is just truly the universe's the universe intervening and and saying like i have one chance to show ariana this footage because Sa- tom sandoval in his own words says usually this is something i would delete like you sick fuck usually this is something and her saying like she would check his phone she would look at his phone prior to this and like be like where the fuck have you been all night and there would be no evidence of anything like he was probably so good at cheating and the just thrill of it like got like made him so crazy and excited that like i just i don't know it makes me sick it makes me sick like how are you such a sick fuck that you're the the reason you got caught is because it was a busy day and you forgot to delete the recorded FaceTime of you and this other girl masturbating. Like, so your girlfriend wouldn't see it when she checks your phone at night. Like, 
are you serious? I'm sad for Ariana. Like, that is not a way to live. But he seems like such a good liar, such a manipulative person. How could you – how could you – like, you would just – and he's probably the biggest gaslighter on the planet. Probably she was getting suspicious as fuck. And he was telling her, no, like, you're crazy for thinking this. Why would you think this? Like, this, my behavior is totally normal. And then in her mind, she's like, okay, maybe I am overreacting and I am being crazy. Like, that's the definition of gaslighting. And I've seen a lot of people lately be like, oh, gaslighting and narcissism are, like, two hot words right now. And, like, I don't like to use it because it's overused. It's like, no, sometimes words are just, like, apropos. And just because we learn them as a society together and are – accurately and correctly attributing them to the situation doesn't mean like that we have to stop using them. I don't know. I find that weird. Um, but what else? Do I have anything else? Um, I had notes after last night's. Uh, the Schwartz of it all, like Katie was right when she said like, can you just be honest for one fucking second of your life? And like now would be the time in which – you could maybe get all these other friends back and have a good situation with the public and whatever. And he just like refused to. He's they have like a weird pact between those two guys that are just like it's just so crazy. I mean, other people have definitely said it, TikTok, podcasts, etc. That the fact that Sandoval was more emotional when he got to Schwartz's and that's basically about – he was crying about, oh, my God, everyone fucking hates me. And, oh, my God, did I just ruin our business by having this affair? I don't know. I don't know what that – like, that is so sick to me, just the, like, the pure disregard for what he actually did and the one person he actually hurt and destroyed and, like, who's – who was sadly thinking that she was going to spend the rest of her life with this person and was going to change for him and do everything. Like, it's just so sad. He, he like, fucked it all up and then in fucking it all up was more sad about his business and his image than he was about the actual relationship, which is just, like, there is a chip missing for sure. Um, Lisa Vanderpump was interesting to see her – I feel like she always has this strange soft spot for men, softer spot for men, just in that she was saying like, yeah, here's like, you're not having sex with your girlfriend. Here's this beauty queen. And like, she's whatever, making herself available. Like it's almost too hard to resist. It's like, no, no, nothing. If you're in a committed relationship where you want to be with the other person and I guess that's the problem but like she should have made that caveat is that Tom didn't want to be with Ariana so it was hard to resist like no if you're in a good relationship nothing is too hard to resist like resist <laughs> just do it don't cheat but yeah that was that was interesting to see Kristen yeah it was funny to see her there Lala we stan she is interesting. She has a good intuition about a lot of stuff, but then sometimes will be so off, aka Randall. But that's like maybe she's better at situations externally than internally, which is a struggle. I feel like that honestly can be a Virgo thing. It's like you see the world and other people for what they are, but maybe not you or your situation. And it's it can be frustrating for sure. Yeah, I was going to get into Jersey and Summer House, but I might wait and just do that on another day. Complicated feelings all around about both, although 
you know, Teresa always pisses me off. And, like, I love her, of course, just for what she's brought to us in the show in the Bravo-verse and for what she's shown of her life. But just, like, I think she is the one who's making it really hard to have a relationship with her brother and Melissa. And I think Louis is a freak. And I don't know how long they're going to last. I don't I don't see it lasting but then again, they do seem to have this love. But I just and, – and, like, she's too – he's too manipulative too and, like, kind of conniving and smart. Like, he's smarter than Joe Judice. Like, I think she would have stayed with Joe Judice if he was a little smarter, like, because he wasn't able to, like, trick her into thinking that he was a good guy towards the end. I feel like Louis is smart enough, sadly, to be able to – trick her and convince her for the rest of her life that he is good and nice and like not this kind of sketchy dude yeah and then yeah I feel bad for Melissa forever and I feel bad for Joe for Joe Gorga forever like I really feel like they wanted to have a good relationship with Teresa and just haven't been able to Summer House, I literally just said I'm not going to talk about these and then I'm going to talk a little bit about, but whatever. Um, Summer House, you know, Danielle reacted weird and horribly to the whole situation. But I also just think Lindsay is probably one of the most difficult people on the planet to be friends with, to be around, frankly. So, like, do I think Danielle reacted strangely? Yes. Not strangely. Like, I can honestly – it was honestly a little predictable. Just like two of your very best friends start dating, get engaged, move in quickly, and like you are kind of cut out of the situation in 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 the way that you were before. Like, well, yeah, they're maybe they're still friends, but it's like now these two people are closer to each other than they ever will be again to you. And it's a sad, I'm sure, reckoning for her to have. And like she could have handled it in a way that like made them see that instead of like channeling her sadness into being handling it so poorly I don't know yeah I thought it was like I just thought it was bad do I think Carl and Lindsay are gonna last I really don't and I don't know I don't know why I think it's just a like seeing their fights the past two times and it's not even fights and it's fights because of Danielle like I'm sure they haven't had that dynamic in their cushy amazing nine-month relationship up until that point and so like this was the first kind of fighting that we were seeing. So maybe it was like, I don't know, maybe they just didn't know what to do. So they handled it kind of weird. But the fight where they're in bed and Lindsay's just like being drunk and going after him and whatever, it's like, this is so unsustainable. And I feel like he's going to get annoyed as fuck at Lindsay. And like, there was a point in life when she wanted to date him, but he, one, wasn't in the place. And two, I think like, thought she would be a really difficult girlfriend to have. And so I don't know. I don't know what I think there, but we'll see. I'm curious to see how it unfolds. I can see them staying together forever. Like, you know, even if that's not what I think is going to happen, I can see it just because they're both at those points in their lives where I think they want to just make whatever they're in work. But I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway. Okay. That's, that's the end of my Bravo ramblings. I love you guys more than anything and I wish we could hang out and all have one big like conference convention. Well, right now it would only be like 10 of us, but that would be cute. We could get a little conference room and just chit chat all day. 
Uh, I don't know. Okay. I love you. I hope you have a good week and a good weekend. Bye.